Well, it's good to be back. I have my cowboy mask. Uh, actually, we have a good chance of having an undefeated season because we may not have a season. And so I figure if we don't play, we're undefeated. Uh, happy Father's Day. Father's Day is a lot like Mother's Day, just a lot less expensive, isn't it? Uh, I mean, guys just... My kids one time gave me a pair of cufflinks, said they're not much, but they're all you can afford. So, uh, uh, so happy Father's Day to all of you. Uh, Michael's fine. He just knew that I needed to work and you needed a psychologist, all right? So he, uh, uh, I've been home alone for like three months. When your job involves speaking to large crowds, I've had no job for like three months. So I've been home alone. Like uh, uh, the other day, I chased an eye floater for 10 minutes with my floss water, you know, because I had a just getting a little bored there at home. Uh, and then we had March Madness, didn't we? But we didn't have basketball. It just went crazy. Uh, uh, I called my financial advisor about my 101K uh, because uh, it, it just, you know, went down. I said, can I retire? He said, sure, you can retire at 72. You just got to die at 74, you know? And so uh, it's just speeded things up a lot. So, uh, we're going to talk to you today about relationships uh, because you know, being at home, relationships matter, don't they? Uh, we've uh, all experienced times where we thought, man, how did I get in this situation with these people? You know, uh, you married this person and had no recollection of how their mental history was in their family until you've been alone for about uh, a couple of months. I know. You know, with kids, we haven't had kids at home, but I know those with kids have really struggled because I figure if school starts next year, uh, and it, if it doesn't start, the parents will discover the vaccine themselves because they're going to figure this thing out. You know, we, we, got to, we got to get these kids in school. Uh, so we're going to talk, relationships matter. They just, I tell you, I've worked with thousands of people in my life. I worked with billionaires and Dallas Cowboys and people, presidents that come. We had a class in Dallas called the President's Class. Couldn't get in the class unless you was president or something. And uh, I've worked with all these people. Let me just tell you, it doesn't matter how much money you make. doesn't matter how many houses you have. It doesn't matter who thinks you're famous. If you're not happy in relationships, you're not happy. You're not happy. It's all that really matters. So we're going to talk about relationships. God said this, when I made you, when I created you, and you came to know me, you became a new creation. You became what you were supposed to be when I created you to start with. And now I've given you that ministry of reconciliation. In other words, I've given you now the ministry of, of being around other people and, and ministering to them the way I ministered to you. See, life's pretty simple. You just love people the way God loved you. You bless people the way God's blessed you, and you forgive people the way God's forgiven you. And the Bible says in the long term, that's what's going to work. Now, down here, it's not going to work all the time. Uh, we live in a fallen world with fallen people, and it's fragile, and you're never going to live happily ever after down here. The person beside you will never get it right, I promise you. <laughs> and you will never get it right. You know, that's why God sent Jesus to get it right so you can relax a little bit and enjoy life. Let me just see if I can give you free therapy. All right, not going to charge any more for this. This is free therapy. Just a little dorky for some of you, but just play along. It's free, okay? And you get to see a, you know, a shrink for nothing. So it's, it's good. So just breathe in. Just breathe in through your nose. And just hold it. Matter of fact, 
get that stomach, make it feel it in your stomach. It starts to feel a little stressful, doesn't it? Now, after you hold it a while, let it go. Now, that breathing in is you trying to control your life. Man, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make it. And you're just taking it all in. I've got control of this thing. And you start going, man, this is stressful. And God says, let it go. Let it go. Not your problem. <laughs> you're your problem. <laughs> you just do what you can do. I, I change people. I do other stuff. You don't, you don't do that. In the long term, that's what's going to work. That, that's, that's what has great relationships. Now, the problem is your Adam suit short term. We want what we want right now. We want our way right now. It's best described, I think, by uh, how many of you have any 18 or 19-year-old males in your life? 18, 19-year-old males. Uh, 18 and 19-year-old males, uh, their IQ is pretty much like plant life. You know, it's like uh, when you hear them talk, your first thought is, can an IQ test come back negative? I, I mean, they, uh, they say things like, Let's ride on top of the car and see how fast we can go. You know, that, that, that's just how they think, you know. Uh, they say things like this. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. I'm joining the Marines. You know, that, 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 that's just that's, that's how they think, you know. You know, uh, and and the, the problem is an 18 or 19-year-old male, their body has totally matured. I mean, they've got muscles, and, you know, they wear those shirts with those muscles, you know. You know I, I let my shirt hang out, and, you know, it, it, doesn't, it just means I'm trying to cover my stomach, you know, but they don't. You know, they've got, they got this, you know, these abs, and, and, uh, and see, their, their body has totally matured. But their brain has not matured. And then they have this hormone called testosterone that is flowing through this mature body with an immature brain. And when testosterone flows through a mature body with an immature brain, it's called stupid juice. <laughs> so I'm in an airport late at night, and there's some... 19 or 18 year old males and they're on some ball team of some kind and and, and uh, these airports have what I call people movers you know they're like escalators on the floor you ever seen them? I like them because it's it's moving and you're moving and it's moving and you're man you go the same way that people move man it moves and you move I like them these 19 year old 18 year old males they're in the airport late at night and they decide to go down the people mover the wrong way. Why? Because we can. Because I'm young and I'm strong. And I got stupid juice flowing through my body. And I'm going to do whatever I want to do. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. And they can. I mean, they, you know, they. I mean, they have to work at it. It's going this way. Work on it. Some of these things are like a half a mile long. I mean, it takes a while, you know, to get there. But they. I mean, that's, they're young and quick, and they and they get there. Man, they all the way. They get all the way to the end, the wrong way, and they're high fiving and laughing. We went the wrong way, and they don't realize they're still standing on the poop mover. 
And it's taken them all the way back to where they started. I can't tell you how many hundreds, maybe thousands of people I've worked with. I'm going to do it my way. I don't care what God says. I don't care what you said. If I want to do it, I'm going to do it. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. And they can for a while. And then you run into those people 10 years later, 20 years later. They're addicted to something. They've lost their job. They've lost their marriage. And maybe they're still able to do stuff, but their life is a mess. It's a mess. Why? Because God plan works in the long term. Follow these principles. Now, what happens is sometimes your halo gets on too tight, you know, because you come to church, you know, and the Bible becomes a rule book for you and a lecture series for everybody else, you know, and nobody wants to be around you. See, this is not a rule book for you and a lecture series for other people. This is a story of grace and how God loves you and forgives you and wants you to love and forgive other people. So how do we put that into practice? Well, first of all, realize this. You need people. You need people. Isolation you're not going to be the person that God created you to be. You know what God says? Genesis chapter 2. It's right when it all starts. He said it's not good for man to be alone. Now what did, what, did, what did Adam have? He had everything. He had a perfect relationship with God. He had an unbelievable creation. He had all kind of animals. He had his private zoo. You know, uh, all kind of animals. And God says, no. You can't be all you need to be by yourself. You got to be around other people. And other people are like heavenly sandpaper. It's not, it's not always fun. You know. But that's how you grow. That's how you become the person God wants you to be. There, there's some things in life, I promise you, you can't get through by yourself. You can't get through by yourself. My, uh, my wife just fell in love with snow skiing. I mean, she just was first from the first time, she's a snow skier, you know. And uh, I thought I was somewhat an athlete, but snow skiing did not take. I mean, it, it, it just, it, it was a contact sport from the beginning with no airbags. I mean, and I, I just, I, I couldn't. And by the way, if you, if you want to go snow skiing, uh, uh, take lessons. You'll have the life expectancy of a fruit fly. I mean, any sport that has an ambulance at the bottom of the hill, you know, I'm thinking, I don't know about this. Uh, but <clears throat> uh, Penny just fell in love with snow skiing. And so every leadership, we'd, when we lived in Dallas, we'd have these ski leadership conferences or ski marriage conferences. You know, they'd, people want to go skiing and then we talk to them about life. And so Penny would say, man, you booked that one. You do this one. You know, can we go snow skiing? You know, people pay us to go snow skiing. And by the way, if you ever want to go snow skiing, let me, let me just help you here, give you some exercises to get ready for snow skiing. Take some gloves and, and put them in the freezer for like 24 hours, you know. 
and then wear them. Just stick them in there. Just put your hands in those gloves and wear them like this. And after about 12 hours of half thaw, just start hitting them against trees. Just hit those, hit those gloves against trees. You know? uh, and then uh, I think get you almost ready, but not quite. Then, then find some stairs and just run up those stairs. Just run up those stairs. And then come down without your legs. Just boom, 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 boom. Just run up there and boom, 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 boom. Run up there, boom, boom, boom. And, and that'll almost have you ready, but not quite ready. Then, then find a wall, just like a wall over there. Just, just run into the wall, just run into the wall. And, and the wall will knock you down, knock you down. And then, and then when you're trying to get up, have somebody put ice down your back. Just put ice down your back. And then pay them lots of money for doing that. Oh, here's lots of money for doing this, lots of money for doing this. And you'll be just about ready for snow skiing, all right? So... As, so you can tell it, it didn't go well with me, snow skiing. So, so we do this leadership, ski leadership thing. And so I go the first day, and it didn't go well. It didn't go well. So the second day, I decide to not go, just sit in a hot tub, take the day off, you know, and, and uh, you know, spend some time with the Lord. You know, we always spiritualize our psychological problems. So I, I, I said, spend some time with the Lord, you know, have some quiet time. And... Uh, and so I'm sitting in the hot tub and Penny comes by, you know, and says, what are you doing? I'm sitting in the hot tub. You're supposed to get ready. We've got to go skiing. I'm not going today. What do you mean you're not going today? You've got to go. You're the leader of this group. I'm not going. It, I'm just not doing it. She said, well, you've got to do it. You're the leader. You tell them all this stuff like you've got to, you know, face it to fix it, you know. If you can take it, you can make it. All this stuff I tell people. I hate it when she repeats all that stuff. And... <laughs> I said, look, I'm sore. I want to sit in the hot tub. She said, how can you be sore? You jog two miles a day. I said, when I jog, I very rarely fall down or run into trees. Uh, I ran into the trees. I fell down. I'm sore. I'm not going. So she gives me that disgusted look. You know, women go to some school where they teach them disgusted looks, you know. And so she gives me like disgusted look. 21, you know, and so uh, my buddies come by and they say, what, what, what are you doing? I said, I'm taking the day off. They said, yeah, we, we heard you're not doing good. I said, no, I'm not doing good at all. I said, well, look, we will help you. You know, we, we will help you. I said, no, you will kill me. I said, no, look, we, we know you're struggling. We will work with you. We'll go on the easy slopes. It'll just be all about you today. We'll take, we'll take care of you. Finally, they convinced me. I said, okay, I'll do it. So, you know, an hour later, because you got to get, you know, all that stuff on. And then by the time you get it all on, at my age, you got to go to the bathroom. And you got to get it all off. And, but anyway, so about an hour later, I'm out on the ski slope. And they did. They, they take care of me. You know, they, they, and if you ever go skiing, they got these green and easy blues. And they got sweet names, like Peter Rabbit Run Peach Blossom Hill, you know, and, and so they were taking me on, you know, we were on Peter Rabbit Run and Peach Blossom Hill, and they're just gentle and nice, and we come around, and we're on a black slope. I mean, and it is straight down, and by the time they get to the blacks, it's not Peter Rabbit Hill or Peach Blossom Run anymore. It's like Casket Runaway, you know, uh, uh, <laughs> Or Paul Bear's Peak, stuff like that. You know? uh, so I think I'm going to die. 
I'm going to die right here. I, I'm, I'm surrendering to foreign missions. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm confessing sins I just thought about doing. I thought of Michael. I confessed some of his sins. You know, I, I'll go to Haiti, you know, whatever. You know, I'm just, I'm going to die. And a buddy of mine over to the right, expert skier, says, Charles, don't look down. Don't look down. Make your little S's ski over to me. I made my little S's, skied over to him. He said, don't look down, don't look down. He skied to the other side of the mountain. He said, make your little S's come over to me. And he got me down that mountain. Let me tell you about life. There's some hills, can't get down by yourself. Can't get down by yourself. You need somebody with you. You need somebody with you. You need friends. You need a friend who will uh, tell you the truth, truth without fear. Tell you the truth. You know, especially if you're, in a, if you're in a high position, truth very rarely goes upward. It goes downward, <laughs> but it very rarely goes up. I work with CEOs and they tell me, you know, I said, you know, you need somebody to tell you the truth. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you what's really going on. So you need truth without fear. You need a good cheer or somebody that can encourage you. You need a listening ear. You need somebody, sometimes you just need to talk to somebody, you know. You, you need a sensitive tear. You need somebody that you can just cry with. Especially if you're a, if you're a guy. I mean, you're going to go through some stuff eventually in life. And you need a guy, another guy that it's okay to cry, you know. I tell you, when, when Pitt and I got married, we never knew we never dreamed we'd lose a two-year-old grandson. We'd be in heaven. Never knew that. We never knew we'd have an 18-month-old granddaughter that would have a stroke at 18 months of age. You know, we ne you never, this is a fallen world, my friend. Bad things are going to happen. You need a sensitive tear. You need somebody you can just cry with. You, know? you, you need, sometimes you need a kick in the rear, all right? You, know, you need to quit, somebody to say, okay, you're throwing a pity party here. You know, we, we, gotta, get, we gotta get going. So we need those kind of people. Well, how do, you, how do you work, how do you cultivate relationships in this world? And let me just tell you, I, I discovered this at a very early time. It, am, it is amazing what people will do for people that they like. It's amazing what people, and it's amazing what people will not do for people they don't like. And some people go through their entire life and they never figure that out. They never figure that out. Why do some people want to come to church with you? Because they like you. Why do other people think, I don't want to go to that church? <laughs> I'll end up like those people. You know. uh, I tell you, relationships matter. Relationships matter. Well, how do we have the kind of relationship? Well, God says it's pretty easy. Here's my way. Remember your way? Breathe it in. That's your way. Here's God's way. God's way, it's simple. You just love other people the way I've loved you. Pretty simple. So how do you do that? L stands for listen. And they're only giving me 30 minutes a day. Remember, we've got quick services. So, you know, I usually go through a word, L-O-V-E. So we're going to do lover or loser. But lover we will not even get close to making it through. So don't, don't worry about it. Don't get all, all your obsessive compulsive. You're not going to make it. I'm not a Bible scrabble, you know, all the blanks. I don't do that, you know. So just relax, right? Okay, well, let's just do as much as we can. We'll quit. Do it another time. Okay. Uh, L stands for learn. 
You have to learn how to love people. Everybody's loved in a different way. So how do you know God loves you? The only way you know God loves you is he left his world and entered your world. That's the only way you know God loves you. The only way people know you love them, you're willing to leave your world and enter their world. Well, how do you do that? You have to listen. Now, I know it's Father's Day, and men, we're not good listeners. I mean, men and women grow up differently. Women grow up learning how to communicate, learning how to talk. Men grow up competing, king of the hill, capture the flag, put a helmet on, seriously injure the other guy. That's how we grew up. We don't know how to communicate. So we have to work at that. It's been documented. They did a research study. They actually played a novel, put headphones on men and women, and women listened to a novel, and men listened to a novel, and they watched the brains of each one, right? When a woman is listening to a novel, both sides of the brain, you know, there's two hemispheres. There's that corpus callosum in the middle. Both sides of the brain light up with some connectivity in the middle. When a man is listening to a novel, only one hemisphere lights up. Many of you women have been talking to a man and you were thinking it's like talking to someone with half a brain. You're right, it is. So men get nervous when women say, let's talk. That, that's, that, men really never want to hear those words. That's like, let's get leprosy, you know, or let's have a root canal, you know, or, or how about an IRS audit, you know. That, let's talk is not good words to a man, all right. So you have to go easy with him, all right? You have to keep it short, all right? Uh, one guy said, does it bother you that your wife has a last word? He said, no, I'm just excited when she gets to it. And so uh, <laughs> you have to keep it short, you know. Uh, it helps to use emotional word pictures with men, you know. Uh, Use athletic things, you know, like, you know, remember when you were on the bench and you couldn't play and you felt like you could help the team. That's kind of how I feel sometimes when you don't ask me about this, you know. Tell men what to do. Use, use this little word, win, W-I-N. This is how you win with a man. Tell them what happened inside how you felt and next time could you do this, all right? Because he doesn't know what to do, I promise you. He's a man, all right? He's just a 10-year-old boy grown up. Remember that 19-year-old guy on the people mover? That's your husband a couple of years later, all right? Uh, so uh, you have to tell him what to do. Romance to a man means tell me exactly what to do, you know? He doesn't know what you want, you know? Uh, you like flowers? You say, you know, I like flowers. You know, he'll buy you seeds. You know, he doesn't know. You know, uh, say, I like to travel. He'll buy you a map. You got to tell him exactly what you want to do. You know, I want to travel to here. You know, you know, take, take a, you like a certain kind of perfume. You know, well, uh, next time you're in the store with him or if you're not with him, take a picture on your iPhone. If he's with you, take a picture on his iPhone. If it's yours, send it to him. This is what I like, all right? Uh, so he can actually buy it for you. And then, you know, if he's a 10-year-old boy, feel his muscles, tell him how great he is for buying it. You know, that, you got to tell him. He doesn't know, okay? So... 
Uh, I got to I got to stop here. I got to go to another thing real quick. Uh, we'll never get anywhere today. You got to listen a lot quicker than what you're doing right now. Uh, <laughs> here's the problem with 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 all of us. Number one problem in relationships: you wait too late to communicate. Okay, you wait too late to communicate. Let me give you some examples. Uh, let me give you a word first. The word is psychological. Except we're going to break it up into two words. Psycho and logical. Okay? Now, let's just say it's the spring of the year. It's been an awful winter. Awful winter. And you go to the garage. You're the guy. You go to the garage. The garage is a mess. You've been sticking stuff in there all winter. But you see your golf clubs over in the corner. And you say, man been a long winter. Hadn't played golf and I can't even remember. But Saturday is going to be a beautiful spring day. I'm going to call my buddies about 10 o'clock. We're going to play some golf. You can see that in your mind. Saturday, 10 o'clock. A few minutes later, your wife goes into the garage and says, this place is a mess. I mean, we've been piling junk in here all winter long. But I know Saturday is going to be a beautiful day. Man, what a great time for family cleanup. Man, we're going to clean this garage. And man, it's going to be great. About 10 o'clock we'll start. Now, if they do not talk about that until 10 o'clock on Saturday, it's going to be psycho. Why? Because all that emotion, is, all that's built up, all that agenda, they can see it in their mind. Now, it could have been logical. It could have been logical. If on Tuesday they would actually, you know, kind of see each other and she said, you know, I've just been in the garage and it's a mess, man. We gotta, I just thought Saturday we'd clean this thing up. Man, I know, honey, but man, Saturday's going to be beautiful. I, 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 I want to play golf. I've already called my buddies and said, it's, it, yeah, but look at it. It's a mess. Well, it is a mess, and we do need, i tell you what, I, I can get an early tea time. I'll I, I tee off at like 8. You know, I'll be home at like 12.30. We'll set a 1 o'clock start time. 1 o'clock, family, clean up, going to get this garage done. We'll be through by 5. I'll take everybody to dinner. We'll celebrate. We clean the garage. It could be logical. But you wait too late, and it becomes psycho. Whenever you start to feel, remember when we did the exercise? Whenever you start to feel that tension on, on some, you know, breathing it in, whenever you start to feel that tension about something, you better talk about it right now because it's going to get bigger and bigger and it's not going to be logical. It's going to be psycho. Had this couple in Dallas. Uh, they came to see me and I start talking and find out what the problem is. The problem is that Three preschool kids. Lady had three preschool kids. Husband was working. She was a stay-at-home mom. She was totally exhausted. Totally exhausted. Every day when he'd come home from work, she would see the car pass by the window. And she'd say, Daddy's home. And those kids would race to the door and jump on Daddy. Now, Daddy, I found out, worked in commercial real estate in Dallas. Okay? At the time, commercial real estate was booming. I mean, it was like Monopoly. They were just going around and getting the money. You know, it eventually became like Monopoly, too, because they got the go-to-jail card. But at the time, it was going really well. 
Ah, and uh, he told me later uh, that he wore handmade Italian suits to work. That's what he wore. Handmade Italian suits with real people's names in them. You know what I mean? You know, I saw Michael's coat the other day. It had dry clean only in it. But, but it's got real people's names. Real people's names. Uh, he told me, this is, in, this is in the late 80s, $5,000 suit. $5,000 suit. So when he came home from work and those kids would run to the door, you know what kids carry around. I won't go into it. It's gross. But they, they would jump on him and get that stuff on him, you know. And he'd throw one down. The other one would get the stuff. He'd throw him down. He'd get mad and they'd get mad. It was psycho. Every afternoon, psycho. And, and by the way, whenever you don't share your expectations in advance, got a big chance of being psycho. Big chance of being psycho. See, always share expectations. That's what, that's what keeps life, that's what makes relationships work. If you have a job, if the boss, you need to know what the expectations are of the boss. The, the, you, know, you need to know that. This, what do you expect of me? That, that's, that's how you be successful in life. You talk about that in advance. And, and so they didn't talk about it, man. It was psycho every afternoon. So they come to see me. So she describes what happens. And I, and I ask her, well, what, what do you want your husband to do? What are your expectations? She, if he just help me with these kids. Man, I'm just so exhausted. Just give me a little help. Well, have you ever talked about that? Well, we just fight about it every day at 5 o'clock. You know? I said, okay. So I bring the husband in. Same question. What are your expectations when you come home from work? And here's what he said. I know my wife needs help with these kids. And that's when he explained to me about his $5,000 suits. And he said, if she could just give me just a few minutes, don't announce that I'm coming. Let me sneak in the back door, take off my work clothes, get on something like a rubber suit I could hose down, then, then I, would, I would help her with these kids. I said, well, have you ever, ever told her that? Well, not really. I said, well, I'm going to bring her back in here, look her in the eyes, and tell her exactly what you told me. She comes back in. He looks her in the eyes. He goes through the whole thing. Look, honey, if you could just give me a little bit of time so I could sneak in the back door, take off my clothes, get on that rubber suit, something I could hose down. I would and went through the whole thing. She smiles back at him and says this, honey, if I know you're going to help me, I'll give you 30 minutes. You know, you know, if I know I can see the light at the end of the tunnel and you're going to help me with these kids, I'll give you 30 minutes. We literally solved their problem in 35 minutes. I charge them for the full hour because, you know, if you're good, take the money. But <laughs> Why? Because you have to share those expectations. You can't wait too late to communicate, you see. Uh, you have to learn to listen. And if you're a man, you have to ask about nonverbal cues. See, men don't get nonverbal cues. You know, it, it, if your wife is in the kitchen in a position somewhat like this. And you say, what's wrong, honey? And she says, nothing. And you say, oh, good, I'm going to go play golf. Uh, you will soon see Jesus. Because <laughs> non-verbally, she's telling you everything is wrong. And if you love me enough, you'd stick around to find out what it is. You'd ask me those questions to find out what's wrong in the situation. You know, uh, so a lot of time. I, I don't have time to go into that. So you got to listen. O stands for overlook. 
overlook. You see, your Adam suit wants to point out what other people do wrong that you probably could take care of yourself or it's not that big a deal. My Adam suit's just like your Adam suit. Guy called me at 2 a.m. one night, told me my dog was barking. I called him at 2 a.m. the next night to tell him I didn't have a dog. Uh, you see, I just wanted him to experience a little bit of what I experienced, you know? And, and, and that's in all of us. That's in all of us, that, that we somehow want to do that, you know? Uh, one, uh, one kid, uh, uh, teenager, they had a holiday at school, and he forgot to, uh, he, he told his mama, holiday, I don't have to go to school. Well, she said, well, I got to go to work. So she, as she's leaving for work, she just said, could you just put the clothes in the dryer? You know, do that for me. Put the clothes in the dryer. She takes off for work. She comes back home from work, and guess what? The teenage boy forgot to put the clothes in the dryer and said she just pitched a fit. You know, actually, some women can actually put their mouth in gear and go off and leave it. You know what I mean? I mean, she just went after him, you know. I mean, she just hollering at him. Only thing you had to do was put the clothes in the dryer. Can't you do one thing all day? What did you can't? I mean, she was just going after him. And said he interrupted her. Said, Mama, can I ask you a question? She said, what? You know, when you're up at the church talking to your friends, and they say, you know, my daughter's pregnant, and we don't know what we're going to do. Or they say, you know, my son's in prison. Well, the other one says, you know, my son's addicted to drugs. Do you say, that's nothing. My boy forgets to put the clothes in the dryer. <laughs> she said, all of a sudden I realized, wow. Look at your life. You, you see, I know the virus has changed the pace of your life. But let me tell you this. If you don't change your perspective on your life, you're still going to be as miserable as you were in your relationships. You've got to change that perspective. It's, you've got to let it out. You've got to breathe. It's God's problem. It's not your problem. You, you can't change other people. It won't work. The more you try, the worse it gets. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's the way life is. Now, you can share with those people. You can communicate with those people. And, and that's what we need to do. So, but we've got to overlook. Think, think about this. God, because of Jesus Christ, has chosen to overlook everything you've ever done or will do. All he asks, all he asks is this. You overlook the things in other people's lives. It's always the personal touch, I promise you. It's always the personal touch. In business, it's always the personal touch. His name was Billy. He's 15, diagnosed with leukemia. In the hospital, discouraged, depressed somewhat. He finally looked at his mom and said, I thought, I thought people got flowers in the hospital. The mom looked at the aunt and said, get, you know, get some flowers. He's depressed. You know, he's a boy, but maybe, he wants, maybe it'll help. Who knows? The lady goes to the flower shop and tells the girl that you know, the, has leukemia. He's a little depressed. You want some flowers, not feminine, but, you know, just a big, maybe masculine, but make them bold and beautiful. Maybe it will help. It wasn't an hour later the flowers were delivered. The next day, the aunt turned to the mom and says, he's like a new person. 
It's amazing. How could flowers do that? His whole attitude's changed. And so they started looking at the flowers. <laughs> and there's a card from the aunt and the mom for the flowers. And then inside that card was another card that Billy had read. And it said this, Dear Billy, I heard you had leukemia. You were diagnosed. I too had leukemia when I was seven. I'm now 22. I'm doing great. And I'm praying for you. And I know you're going to do great also. The guy wrote an article about that, and here's what he said. He said, here was Billy in a hospital that cost millions of dollars, surrounded by nurses that took thousands of dollars to train, surrounded by doctors that took thousands of dollars to train. Equipment took millions to make. And yet, what changed Billy's life was a lady in a flower shop making minimum wage. Why? Because it's always the personal touch. It was with God when he took his son and personally touched you. And it will be you when you personally touch other people. It what, it's what makes life matter. Let's pray. Father, thank you for our time together. Thank you that you're such a good God that you're our God because of Jesus Christ. If there's someone here that's never trusted you personally, give them the faith to believe, not in a religion or doing good or keeping rules. Help them to believe that you came and lived a life they could never live, died a death because you wanted them in your forever family. Give someone the faith to believe. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.